2: It's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off on a new direction, um, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club.
3: Benton Through for Pedro Toro,
0: and he smashed it in! Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kurosevsky rolls it in! Van
3: Lascelles, freshly
4: introduced, scoring. Now skip. Bechako Ramiro. He
5: goes flying it again and wins it. Great work, Could this
1: be a chance for Son? That is quite something from James Madison. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs, your award-winning Tottenham Hotspur podcast. If you're listening to this for the first time, where have you've been, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms, we're of course on X. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook too. And we're joined by, look, Royalty here on the last one on Spurs. Two very, very special faces. You guys will know who they are. Before I bring them into camera, into focus, I'm joined by, look, the crazy training instructor, conductor of what is happening to this absolute insane period where we're all smiling under Spurs. It can only be going one way. That means it means Miss Lee McQueen is back alongside me. Maka, how are you, my
3: man? I thought you were talking about me, Rick, being Royalty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I realized that you weren't talking about me. I mean, uh, uh, I was.
4: I've
3: just downgraded no, you in the space of a minute. I'm, I'm happy to be in the change. drive. Look, absolutely fantastic to be back on. Uh, I know that uh, you're probably driving uh, driving your, your wife and everyone else in your house are so absolutely mad with special shows, but this is a proper special show. The collab that we've all been waiting for. The, the, the two boys <laughs> have got the pleasure of got to know them over the last few uh, weeks and months, and it's absolute pleasure to to have a collab we with the boys from We Are Tottenham TV uh, on the last one on Spurs. So yeah, I can't wait to get into the afternoon, another afternoon session. People are going mad in the comments for afternoon sessions. So we've got another one for you, team. We are on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. These guys are the OGs, right? Because um, they were back on Last one and Spurs in the old days. You know, the days of the audio when YouTube wasn't really prominent, but these guys were rocking it at the time. So it's my pleasure to welcome back the founders of We Are Tottenham TV. We've got the brilliant Ben and Sim with us. Guys, lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for your time. Whoever wants to go first, please do. Boys, how's things? Everyone well? Everyone okay? I know there's lack of sleep going on. There's a lot happening with Spurs at the moment. We'll start with Ben. We've got to mute, Ben, because already I can see Ben is he going to get on the camera? How are you, my man? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, lack of
5: sleep, but doing well. Uh, blessed with a new child in the last three weeks, so uh, the lack of sleep. They're telling me it's all going to be worth it. So uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just sticking by that one. But thanks for having
1: me on. It's good to be back. Oh, mate, listen, pleasure is all ours. Been a long, long time, far, far too long. We are blessed. Joining Ben, of course. We've got one of sim as well. The brother. It's a lot been in the house. <laughs> How are you, my man? You okay?
4: Yeah, my pleasure to be on here. And I just want to say, Lee, there's royalty in your name, so it should go without saying that you're royalty, <laughs> Lee. So I uh, <laughs> don't have to make it specific. But look, absolute pleasure to be on the pod, man. Lovely to be here. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. Guys, look, you come on at a time where things are actually okay, which um, has been weird to say that <laughs> given the last four or five years of Spurs fans, that we've had some really, really tricky, difficult times. And look, we're at the start of yet another transformation, one that I feel maybe for some is ahead of schedule. I won't speak for everybody because that would be wrong of me to say that, but um, it is an exciting time. I and mean, again, I think if you look where Spurs are in terms of the league at the moment, what are we? with five points off the top. We're obviously level on points of Arsenal. We're game played more. I just want to ask you boys, an easy one to start with, because I love throwing easy questions here, before I come to Lee, because we know what Lee's answer is going to be. The most optimistic Spurs fan in the world. Ben, this will wake you up. Are Spurs in a title race?
5: Well, it's it's an interesting question because before the Man United game, I said that if we can stick in and around, like we'd be within touching distance of the title, you know, same amount of points as we were maybe before the Man United game, when Sonny, Basuma and Sar and all them come back, I, I really felt like, you know, we could be in a title race and we could last the distance. I, I felt like with Madison coming back, Van de Ven, Romero, all the players coming back, we can show that form that we had in the first ten games of the season—that free-flowing football, nobody could have beaten us. And uh, I, I feel like we are just a little bit too far off. With you know, Liverpool could potentially go eight points clear of us uh, if they win their game in hand. But you never know. You never know. I think that we're going to be uh, we're going to be really strong second half of the season. So if we if there are a few slip ups from the teams above us, then why not?
1: You know, Sim, interestingly, again, I know many don't want to draw too much attention to where the league is, because again, I appreciate the fact that we're only halfway through the campaign. But when you consider Sim, you know, you've been there and you've seen away from home, both you boys have the amount of injury, suspension Spurs have picked up over the course from the very, very start to now. You know, for Anastasia to have navigated his way through it, has been absolutely remarkable. I just want to see where you sit at the moment, given the fact that where Spurs are in the league, and I know we will we'll come on to that very, very important FA Cup tie to come. Those that know me know how beloved the FA Cup is to me, how much it means to me. Sim, are you surprised by where we are? And do you genuinely feel that Spurs are in some form of a race at the moment for the title?
4: I, look, what Anne said is, as long as we're mathematically like close to the top, why not? Why would we rule ourselves out? Why dampen expectations? And I think at the moment, that's kind of the the, the wave we've got to ride at the moment. Uh, because... I think you're absolutely right. I think that I think it's remarkable that we're as high in the league as we are with as many points accumulated at this point in the season as we have done, considering all the circumstances we've been through, considering how difficult it was at the beginning of the season, considering the injuries we've um got throughout the season. And you look at all and what I'm really liking at the moment as well we're going to tough away games and we're not having it all our own way it's not like we're getting lucky in these games we're falling behind in these games we're having the character and and uh, the the work effort to get back and and kind of in these games working our way through them managing these games and getting back in the game and, and ending these games undefeated i would say if it was a, <clears throat> if it was like a, a Man United or an Arsenal or a Liverpool or, or or a City in our position right now, playing the way we are and having the amount of points that we got, no one would rule us out of a title race. But it's because of we're Tottenham, we never win anything. Um, Ange Postecoglou's first season at Spurs as well. That's why everyone expects us to kind of fall away at some point. Everyone expects us to um, not last a distance, essentially. But I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the at the facts of how we're playing how many injuries we've had, how we looked in those first 10 games of the season when we did have everyone fit and we won eight out of 10 and we drew the other two. And there's no real reason to think that, especially with no European football in the second half of the season, um, you know, we're not going to have those extra games. Um, there's no reason to think that we we can't, that, like, there's there's no game I'm looking at thinking we we can't get a result here. There's, there's no game I'm fearing at the moment. I'm super confident going to all, all the games. And even when we're not playing well, you had games like against Bournemouth, against Everton. We were not our best, but we had the quality to win those games and see it through. And that comes from the mentality of Ange Postacoglu and what is instilled in this team. And one, I think the most impressive thing I'm looking at. I remember listening to Pep Guardiola um, a few a uh, few months ago, and he was asking. He was asked, "What's the toughest thing about management? What what really is the the most difficult thing to get to grips with that makes a successful manager?" And he said, "It wasn't anything tactical. It's not about getting the team playing the way you want to. But the most difficult thing is keeping everyone happy. And yeah. when 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 fringe players come in, having them fight for their place, having them playing at the top level." And what I'm seeing from Ange Posacoglu is whenever we, with all these injuries, we're having all these players like La Celso, Oli Skip, um, all these players who have been on the fringes, Emerson and Davis, they're coming in and really doing a job and putting their all in and, and really giving us what we need to see us through this period. And I'm looking at that and thinking that is evidence of the culture that Ange Posacoglu has instilled in this team. And that's the most impressive, impressive thing. And that is what's going to see us through from now to the end of the season, because Undoubtedly, there will be a few more injuries. We're not going to have every single player fit from now to the end of the season, albeit we are, are getting players back. But what this period has shown me is even if we do have players out for the odd game here or there or whatever, the players stepping in are going to give their all and they're going to fight for their place and they can do a job. And think that is, for me, I'm not saying we're definitely in a title race, but there's no reason to rule us out at this point, in my might say.
5: Opinion. it. Just say it.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, you, know, you know what,
1: Backer on this point, we got also really important that Sim picked up on there. And again, um, I don't know if many overlook the fact that, you know, whenever you take out four or five players out of a Spurs side in the last few years, there'd be a wide acceptance. Ah, oh, we can't get a result. There's no chance. You know, we've done this before. We've seen it in the Europa League. Yeah. We've played B sides, C sides. And the most, I think, the most, how far we've come under range is that we go to United now that we're out without four or five. Key first team players, and we go there. I think maybe actually believing not only can we win the game, but actually disappointed that we don't win the game. And that says a lot about where United are in standing, but it also says a lot about where Spurs are and what they've become under underage. And I heard obviously Gary Neville on the overlap earlier today. He generally believes Spurs can push all the way for potentially second or third place. But I have to ask you, Lee, given the fact that we're getting four or five players back. Come obviously February, fingers crossed, and we appreciate as we've already mentioned in last one of Spurs that given the fact of the style of football, there may be a few more hamstring injuries that the boys have already alluded to. Where do you pit us Lee at the moment in terms of that clutch of tops at the clock at the at the top? Are we right in the mix for you, Lee, in terms of a title race?
3: Yeah, I think we're in a mix. Um, I've got some stats uh, and some figures, really, that, that kind of try and back up where, essentially where we are. But you know, the first thing I would say, obviously the boys are spot on, but the first thing I would say is that, you know, Van de Ven, uh, Benton, Kerr and Madison haven't played in the same team yet. They haven't even played together yet. And Benton, Kerr no. and Maddison in the same midfield has not even been seen by any Tottenham fan eyeballs. So this is massively exciting. You look at a, a, a team that i put together, before some of the, the, the additions with regards to Dragusin, which I know I'm pronouncing completely wrong now, um, and uh, and Werner, you know, you, you'd have probably put out Vicario, Van de Ven, Romero, Doggy, and Porro as your back. You'd probably have uh, a midfield of Madison, Benton Kerr, and Basuma. But uh, as Simmy, you just said, Lacelso's been stepping up in them areas, and now he gives you an option. Basuma may, he's now got malaria. We, we're, we're hearing, I don't know if that's actually confirmed. So maybe Benton could drops into us as a six. You've now got Kulisevsky that can play in that 10 as an underhand to to, to Madison if Lacelso's not fit. You've got Brennan Johnson that can play on that <laughs> wing or an underhand to Kulisevsky. You know, you've got Son, Richarlison. Richarlison's now banging in goals. You know, it, it's quite interesting. I'll put a tweet out. If you haven't seen it, team, go and uh, go, go and give it a retweet because it's, uh, it's actually a bit of a dig to that lot down the road. I mean, their they're, they're first-class front three, absolute first-class front three have scored 11 goals between the three of them all season and our first-class front three scored 24. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's it's utterly crazy. And there's people saying, oh, don't gloat. Well, Yes, they've got a game in hand, and ending. yes, they're on the same points as us or whatever. But the point I'm making is not about where we are on the table. The point I'm making is that we we have a better front three than them in terms of goal power, and that can only get better when we get these these people back in uh, in on side. I think the point about the title race, uh, boys, uh, viewers and listeners, is at the moment we're on one point nine points per game uh, across the across the games that we've played, which which. If you average that out and push that across the rest of the season, that gives 72 points. That's top four. So at the moment, we're sitting in a top four type of form. Um, And I I agree with with everybody that we will improve when them four or five players do come back. But in order for us to hit title rates around the 90-point mark, it might not be as much as that, we've got to to find another 50 points in the next 17 games. And that is a points per game ratio of 2.94 that's basically winning every single game. You probably can you can probably lose one. Yeah. So when you put that into context, that that's quite difficult. And actually, just wrapping some context around that even further: the first ten games of the season, we uh, we were unbeaten, of course, uh, winning eight, drawing two. That was a points per game ratio of two point six, and we were on fire. So we will have to improve by a, yet another third of a points per game. Do you see where I'm coming from? So actually, without up. being, you, know, you thought I was going to just come out and say we're going to win the double, we're going to win everything. But you've got to put some kind of context around where we're at. I think if we can get back to the levels of 2.6 per game uh, from this point forward, that gives us a real good chance of finishing third. And and I, and I think that's probably, that's probably where we should be aiming. Now, I, I think lads Again, I'll just throw it back out to all of you. If, if we can hit anywhere near our record points total, our record points out with eighty-six points under Potch through through the season. That would be an incredible achievement. Won't get us a trophy. Seeing some goonies in here already, giving it large. Can't spell, by the way, but you know, no, no matter what. But the reality is that any anything that's close to our a, a kind of a you know a record has has got to be an improvement. And and as Christina, one of our own, the lovely Christina, always says, "This year's a free hit. It's a practice session. It's a free run, isn't it?" For, for, for next season and season beyond with, with Ange I mean it's been it's been a revelation, lads. You know, I know you go home and away, uh, Ben, and see him all the time. I go to all the home games and sometimes I get away games as well. And what we're watching with our own eyeballs is just is just completely different, isn't it? It's not so night day, great, isn't it? Night and day, just been brilliant, hasn't it, lads? Yeah,
4: yeah, it has and, been. Um, I just want to touch on the point you're making about um, the numbers there. I'm guessing you, you've got a certain kind of points total for us to hit to be in a title race. I don't know what points you've got at what ninety I, points. I
3: just put ninety down Yeah, of, but oh.
4: the, the thing is, what? But but when you're looking at the teams at the top at the moment, I think Liverpool at the moment their points per game currently is about two point two five. Man City's amount is about two point one five. So I don't think it's going to be as high as like yeah. 90 but see, Man City do this league. every year.
5: Man see, Yeah, I mean, the, look, yeah. they
4: they could win every game from now to the end of the season. But I'm just saying that um, that that uh, right now, I think the the points total to win the league this season is going to be a bit less. I think that's clear for everyone yeah, to see. That, Everyone's a bit be less confident. And than, yeah. 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 I, I, I think I'm not saying that I'm, I'm we are going to have to improve. I don't think it's going to have to be as high as 2.94. I reckon like if we were to hit 2.6 from now to the end of the season, I don't know what that I don't know what that gives us. Two point um what, that how many games we got 17. Yeah, so yeah. seventeen um, times two point six that's forty four. So that put all, put us on eighty four. Yeah, it'll probably have to be a slight improvement on that. So, I re- but I, I reckon if we hit between uh, eighty-five and ninety in that range, that could be a title win. I really think this season. Yeah, I think you, got at, you got to look at you got to
5: look at Man City. Sim last season, the first half of the season, they only had a two points difference to what they're on than this half first That's half of the crazy. season. It's crazy. It's and crazy. everyone's yeah. talking about how you know how yeah. off it they've been first half of this season. Yeah. Yeah. They having Kevin De Bruyne who's come back, and you saw what he did last week. Erling yeah. Haaland's coming back. They're going to absolutely romp this second half of the season. Unfortunately, and I think they're going to get close to what they did last second half of last season.
1: Are they your favourites, Ben, for the title? A hundred
5: percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Seeing where you at? Title for you? I actually
4: think Liverpool for me. Um, uh, I have got I think I've got them down as having a massive opportunity to win the league this season. I, I don't know if I, feel, I think City are still slight favorites just because they're just an absolute machine, but I really like what Liverpool have done. You got to also factor in they've only lost one game uh, not just this season but even when you take when you look back to last season the last 13 games were unbeaten as well. So mm-hmm. they've lost one in their last nearly that's nearly a season. Well yeah. kind of It was like that's like nearly thirty games. So and the and the loss they did have was to us, and they didn't really deserve to lose that game. If we're honest, so um, I think Liverpool. uh, I I think it's. I really do think it's between Liverpool and and City. But if we can uh, if we can get back to the form of the first ten games, I actually think we can definitely put uh, put amongst themselves. I do think we're probably going to fall short, but I think third is definitely there for us. 100% 100%, 100%
5: third is there for us. But with Liverpool, you know, you've got a caveat in Mo Salah being missing for the next however long for the AFCON. And I think that's going to be a massive miss for them. If they can survive this period without Salah, then mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really tight race between the two. But if they don't, I think City might run away with it, to be honest.
3: Do you think, Ben, yeah. do you think on that? Do you think Salah is a bigger miss for Liverpool than Son is a bigger miss? For us, I know Son's our top goal scorer, but we've already played away at Old Trafford, scored a couple of goals, potentially scored a quarter, another. It hit the bar as well. So you know we're creating them chances. Do you see Liverpool having that firepower? Like Darwin Nunez, you know, look at his goal ratios. Jotti, look at his goal ratios. They're not as good as some of the some of our backups, if you know what I mean, or our forward line.
5: I think uh, they do have strength and depth in the front line, Liverpool. Uh, you look, uh, they went to the Emirates in the FA Cup without Mo Salah. They won. Uh, they won in the um, in midweek as well. can't remember who they played. So they are getting through games at the moment. But I just don't think their play is as fluid uh, with without Salah as it is with Salah. And I think you're definitely seeing a, a decrease in the way that they're playing their game. But they're getting through games at the moment. So that's yeah. credit to them. But I, I wonder yeah. how long that's going to last for
3: you look at City as well. I mean, you're talking about... I mean, City are my favourites for the, for the title as well, to be fair. But they've got no... Uh, there's a certain character. I don't know if anyone knows me, but I think he's called the Cyborg, as in Erling Haaland. And mm-hmm. he's still top of the goal-scoring charts. He ain't played for about 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he comes back, it's going to be a bit ominous, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah, exactly. Uh, With De Bruyne
5: feeding him as well. Yeah, yeah. Haaland's top of the goal-scoring
4: charts. He hasn't had De Bruyne the whole season feeding him at all. Yeah, he <laughs> has been out the whole
3: season. I mean, not. I do, when, when you do look at, that, you know, look at the players coming back on us, on us, Ricky. You've got the likes of Madison. You know, he, he, he's, I'm not saying he's as good as Kevin De Bruyne, that would probably be a little bit unfair, but he, for us, he's as he, good. He, he, he's our yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, isn't he? He's our
1: he's exactly. Kevin De Bruyne.
3: Yeah. yeah, he hasn't played for nearly three months. You know, you've yeah. got the boys coming back uh, the, uh, at the back that have just been playing, um, yeah. and then all the people come back. When Song comes back and he's going to run and make, make a massive impact. You know, so he, there's a lot of options, isn't there, Rick?
1: I think Sarr has been so instrumental, um, and I'm not saying he's been uns- i am not saying he's been unsung because we have been singing his praises a lot this season. But I think you really notice when he's not playing for Tottenham, and again, like, when you consider the fact that Conte, for whatever reason, just really abandoned the guy after. Look, I don't need to remind you guys that, of course. Uh, drew up at Southampton last season, which I know when you look back at it now, and you think, how was he not getting games? How was Bersouma not getting games? And I, well, I think we all appreciate Bersouma is not going through the greatest spell. What well, he said was before the AFCON with Tottenham, but the way he started the season, I think Ange has just got that ability just to get the absolute best out of players. And I think we've seen that so often. And um, the next thing I've got to ask you guys is we talk about getting the best out of players. Next for Tottenham is the other side of Manchester, Manchester City. It is a huge, mm-hmm. huge game. And look, you guys, I hear you talk a lot about trophies and we all, of course, I think, and just said there's not a desperation to win a trophy, but I think there is a genuine feeling that it is so important to get that off our back. I think the one thing under the Pochettino era that was missing to really elevate us to that next level was a trophy because I always generally believed that had we won that first one under poch, I think more would have followed. And I've got to say that, this is a huge, huge game, I think, for the football club. I think, bearing in mind, when you look at who we've gone out to, guys, in terms of cup competitions domestically, the likes of Forest, the Sheffield United. You know, this is an opportunity. I think that if you get past City, there'll be such an amazing genuine belief amongst the players, amongst the fans, that we could actually go all the way in a competition that we haven't won, of course, for near on thirty-three years, which is just staggering for me to say that. And we
3: we'll get, we'll get easily, we we'll get easily in the fifth round and go out, Rick. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we get would it. guaranteed to get no. Liverpool in the next it's
1: round. Say, it? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it be Spurs? We do sit here and get, get get out, get lost out by Newport. Or something's ridiculous.
3: County,
1: mate. I know, I know. I mean, guys, do you have a feeling on it? We're hearing some news actually today that James Madison is targeting that City game as the comeback. I mean, we'll start with you, Ben. Does. That gives you real, genuine confidence, the fact you've got Madison back. we have, obviously, Van der Ven really back in his stride now on the back of, obviously, of course, him playing recently. Romero, of course, we've got there. Kuliseski came back into fitness. How do you see this seismic game lining up? And I have to also confirm, I believe there's a doubt at the moment that Haaland will be fit to play. Again, we'll mm. keep an eye on that. But obviously, De Bruyne is back. How do you see it, Ben? And how big is this game? In the context of your season for you, how big is it in your season, Ben?
5: It's a massive, massive, massive game. And it's a weird one because I don't really fear coming up against Man City with our track record against them. You know, we went to the Etihad um, a few months ago or a month ago with Emerson Royale, Ben Davis at centre backs, no Madison, no uh, so many players were missing that day. And we got eaten alive in the first half. And then we just came back and tore them to shreds in that second half and we came away with a point. So there's no reason why. Uh, with a lot of players back, we can't beat them on the night. There is no reason at all. I mean, when's the last time that they scored in our home ground? Wembley, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, White Hart Lane. I mean, Sim's the stat, man. He can tell me probably the the year that they last scored at Tottenham. But there is no reason to fear this game. And I genuinely mm. believe that out of Liverpool, Man City or Spurs, one of those three teams are going to win the FA Cup. So Okay. Um, so one of Spurs or Man City are going out in the next round and I'm betting on Man City to going to go out. I, I really am confident for this game. I really am. And if it was against Liverpool, I'd be a lot less confident, to be honest. But because of our track record against City, mm. um, I really I really think we can take them apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's played 5-1, five, 5 of course, him. City yet to even score a goal. Um, like, I'll be honest with you, I do have certain nightmares about the FA Cup and this fixture, and for those that are a younger age, you know what I think I'm going to taste him. I mean, I was I was ten years old in was my bedroom. which you there? I was listening on radio, right? And just John Macken, who can I just say? If you ask any City fan now, nobody knows who John Macken is, right? That only comes <laughs> up. That only comes up in the trivia box at Christmas time. That John Macken was a footballer and of course scored against Spurs in a four-three reverse in a game where just to remind younger listeners, Spurs were free up at half time. Joey Barton, 10 men, Joey Barton, mouthed off, of course, and off the pitch, down to 10 men. Spurs subsequently lost the game 4-3 at home in the last minute, courtesy of a John Macken header. And I can still see in my mind Casey Keller still trying to get to that ball as it glides past him in the net. Sim, you were there. I mean, do things happen like this to other clubs in Tottenham? I mean, this wasn't too off the Man United game where they were also 3-0 up, and we lost that one 4-3, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, that was a, a couple of years um, after that. I mean, yeah. only only Spurs these things happen to. That was one of the most, probably the most embarrassing game I've ever been to. I, I remember I couldn't show my face in school the next day. I had to call off sick. I'm not I'm not coming into school um, the day after that game. Absolutely no chance. I mean, we absolutely t- you know what the sad thing was. We were amazing in that first half. We it scored was. like three unbelievable goals. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, and then why. just that second, we were known for like that season. I remember there was a lot of games that season that we were there. Were a lot of high-scoring games, but we, I think, was under David Pleat. We were known for just like we could score goals. We were. It's not like Ange now. It's like we'll score more than you. It's all that seems like we'll concede more than you. That was however many we score, we're going to concede more. That was what it was like that season. But um, yeah, that that when John Macken scored that goal, that was so embarrassing. But in going in, in coming up on the uh, game uh, next week, I am confident because I think we're going to go into this game with no fear. We're going to go into this game. We know we're going to have a, attack them. We're going to have a real, real go. We know how Man City play. And they're going to leave that space in behind. They're going to obviously try and win the game, and they're going to push their. They're going to play with their, their tactics. They're going to leave a lot of chances for Spurs if we do hit it right with Madison back. That should get everyone everyone a lift. And I know Son is missing. And the reason why Son is so effective against Man City is because of how amazing he is at running in behind. But we do have Werner now, and that's exactly what you need um, in a game like against Man City. If we didn't have Werner going into this game, I don't know what our front three would look like, but I would, I, I reckon we'd be very much suffocated in this game because we wouldn't really have an outball. But now with that twin threat of Johnson and Werner on the breakaway, it's going to make Man City think twice about leaving all that space at that they, that, uh, that they usually do leave behind. And I think that is very, very important against Man City because um, you saw against Newcastle, where in that first half, when Newcastle were hitting them a few times, they were struggling. And Newcastle obviously got a couple of goals and were a threat. But the difference was that in that second half, those players tied a bit. They stopped being that threat in behind. And it just allowed Man City to suffocate them and dominate them. And obviously break them down and end up winning the game. So it's very important when you're playing against a game against Man City. As much as you might suffer in possession, you have to make sure you're hurting them the other way to give them something else to think about. And that's exactly what we're going to do, I think. And I think this game means more to us than it does to Man City. I think they've got the Champions League. They want to reclaim that. They're going to obviously be in a Premier League title race. I think this FA Cup game, obviously it's big, but if they go out of it, I don't think it's a big deal to them. It's a big deal to us, though. And I think that can make a very big difference. On the day, sometimes it's about who wants it more. And I'm banking on us wanting it more than City.
5: Yeah, and under the lights at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it's going to be absolutely rocking in there. Friday night football, you know what I mean?
2: The fans are going to be
5: so up for it, so up for it. But the one thing I wanted to say about what Sim was saying as well with the dual threat of Werner and Johnson, the problem that we have there is how clinical Son is, and especially against Man City. We don't have players that can step in and do that role. I mean, Werner and, and Brent, Brennan can do that running in behind, but yeah, neither of them are that clinical, to be honest. So hopefully they have their shooting boots on on the day.
3: I how many chances of Werner going yeah. <laughs> to need go 15 times? And, you know, I'm, I'm giving him pelt. I'm only joking, of mm. course, for you listeners. But just But just to add to that, I, I do think that, now, when you can go up to the Etihad, yeah, had had a few players missing. But when you can go up to the Etihad and go behind a couple of times and still yeah. come back and you show the character that we had, you know, yeah. we had players out. You know, Madison was out. We had um Van of Ven out. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. oh, know, yeah, Basuma made a mistake as well for for that goal. And that' right it right in that game. Right and still came back. And oh, it was an
4: yeah. own goal from
3: yeah. Son as well. And like a random yeah, you, know, you can you can look at mitigating circumstances. I just I agree, Ben, with what you just said there banging under the lights Friday night, you know, it's going to be, it's it's huge to us. And seeing what you said, I'm not sure whether it's any less to them for us in terms of the competition, because I think, I think their motivation is we need to win at Tottenham Oxford Stadium. We need to score a goal. This is a thing that's manifesting. And actually if we, if we, if we beat them one nil or two nil, well, we'll take anything, but if we, if we um, beat them and they don't score, they're going into that reverse fixture in April, still not having beaten us, still not having a score against us. And I think that's, that. I also think that's massive with what, ultimately five or six games left of the Premier League season. Hopefully they're going deep in the Champions League. So they're going to be in the kind of quarterfinal stroke, semifinals, first leg, second leg, in and around that, 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 that time that we play them in the league. And, and it will have an effect on it, won't it, lads? So I, I just think that, it, we have to go all out. It wouldn't surprise me, to, based on what you're saying there, Sim, as well, it wouldn't surprise me if Pep played some of the fringe players that are coming back from injury in that game. Like a John Stones. Not saying that's a that's a drop-off, he's a quality player. But people yeah. that have been out for a while, that it gives them an opportunity to bed them. And that will give us some confidence. I mean, a Jeremy Doku, he's got all the flicks and the tricks and all this sort of stuff. But, hey, Ben Davis had him on toast. Well, not quite on toast. <laughs> Davis was keeping yeah, it quiet. You
1: know I'd mean? yeah. more. i say more on bread than toast. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Mate, <laughs> mate, you know what I mean? Soggy bread. Yeah, hundred yeah, <laughs> I mean, percent. Coming back 100%. to the top of the show, when, when, when Ricky, when you spoke to us about kind of Ange, uh, Ball, and, and that type of, I think that's the the major difference for me as a as a core fan is is that I'm not afraid now to go and play these games because I'm like, I know we're going to give it a go and I know that we're going to create chances. Do you see where I'm coming from, lads, viewers mm. and listeners? That's the feeling that we have now, whereas before, we might have gone one and up and just sat back for 80 minutes, for 85 minutes, pressure after pressure. I mean, to go to Old Trafford and absolutely ruin them in terms of touches in the opposition box, passes, it was embarrassing from United. They're 67% possession like freaking Burnley. Like not being funny. Yeah, they got a 2-2 draw out of it, but it's like, you know, a, A a flash shot right at the beginning in three minutes, and then a a, you know, a a lucky let's be honest, it was a lucky with um, not deflection, it was a ricochet, wouldn't it? It Destiny, a doggy, got the tackle in, but yeah, you know, rash, you know, these sorts of things happen, but you know, we were absolutely dominant, absolutely dominant against Villa, absolutely dominant against West Ham, and we get nothing out of them games. And I just think that we, I generally think that the two, the teams that play the best football. At the moment in the league, Liverpool are up there for sure, but I think I think it is Tottenham and I think it's Man City. Now it's a gargantuan tie; it's massive. Mm. Yeah, How do you yeah. guys
1: feel if it went to a replay and it was a at bit. the Etihad? Given our form there, and we might—I'm not sure. Depending on where Korea do navigate themselves, of course, in the Asian Cup, there's a chance, of course, that Sonny could come back. Although we have to, uh, you know, I believe it's mid-February in relation to yeah. his return to Spurs. So I don't know where that would fall in terms of the coverage. I mean, normally the replays are a week after the previous time. He title. won't be back, I don't think. So it, it wouldn't be back. But I mean, if it went to a replay, which being honest about it, you know, it's two teams that are, again, pretty much in terms of the league, fairly balanced. Spurs, of course, were well warranted there, point up at the F he had. How would the feeling be if the game did go to a replay? Or do you feel it will be done within 94 minutes of the game at the Spurs stadium? What's the feeling on that for you, Ben?
5: Me, I, I want it done. I want to I want to get it done in N seventeen because you look, mm. you've you got these guys, right? You've got the European champions, world champions, yep. treble winners. Uh, yep. three three years in a row they've won the league title. The only thing missing from their trophy cabinet is the goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So let's <laughs> let's just finish this off. <laughs> yeah, let's finish yeah. this off at N seventeen. It's a place that they hate to come to. So Look, if it does go to a replay, then I I would still be confident going up to the Etihad, but obviously it's a much bigger chance for us to win at at home, in front of our fans, um, with the noise that they're making at the moment. I just would much prefer it to be at the the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. mean, also, we don't need the extra game as well with all our players returning from injury. It's just not something we need right now.
1: Okay, Ben, brave enough to stick your neck out and tell us how you feel it's going to go? I'm going 3-1 Spurs. Okay, I'm going
5: I'm to go for them to get that massive goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and they'll walk away happy.
1: <laughs> I love that, Sim. You got a feeling on it for you? Got a feeling is going to
4: go. I think, yeah, I think, I think we are going to win. I think we're going to win on the night. I think, I reckon we we're going to put absolutely everything into it. I think there's going to be a buzz around the place, and I can see our fans being really that 12th man uh, in that game. So, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a 4-2. I think it's gonna be high scoring. High I think scoring. it's gonna be helpful ever. but I reckon you'll be surprised how many with Madison back. I yeah. think you'll be surprised how many times you break the lines. Uh, hopefully, if he starts, that is, uh, we can break through them because we've really missed his passing ability. Absolutely, right. oh, that, that ability from, like you're from you're like you're deeper
1: you're positions saying. as well. Yeah, you're not him it's also that press he does. That press is so yeah, vital it. to the happy. way we play. And, and and no disrespect, there's nobody like Madison. I think in the Spurs you know, squad that offers that press the way he does. It yeah. really takes us up the pitch. And I think, again, he's such a remarkable player. He's got the quality. He's got the belief. He's absolutely amazing. I mean, Maka, give me your vibe on it for you. Tell me how do you think it's going to go? I've got, I'll be honest, for me, I can see it going to a replay. Don't ask me why. I'd love to see Spurs win it. But now Mario, bless him in the comments, one of my uh, cousins over there, telling me, of course, it can go to a replay. I've got a horrible friend it might go to a replay. And thanks, Mads, for telling me that. We're going for Maka.
3: No, I agree with Ben. I want it done. Um, I'm also gonna go with that they are gonna be there's gonna be an image of Pep Guardiola at the end of the game with his hands on his head thinking, How have we not scored again? Because <laughs> I think we're gonna win 2 0. Um okay. and and actually and the reason behind that, yes, we're missing Son, and he's a world class finisher. I agree with Ben and yeah. Sim on all those yeah. shows they do. He's probably the best finisher in the mm. league, left by foot outstanding. But yeah. I think the key to this game is Benton, Kurt and Madison playing in the same team together. It, yeah. I'm mega excited. Like literally, could just just so looking forward to seeing the mm. destruction of uh, of Rodri, who's the yeah. best uh, best number six in the league. The destruction of Rodri when 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 them two boys get together. So look, I mean, I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be uh, you know uh, hell for leather. But I do think we we'll keep a clean sheet. We've got our best. The best, one of the best goalkeepers in the league, if not the best. We've got yes. Destiny Dougie, who's, for me, one of the best left-backs, if not the best left-back so far. Pedro Poe's been outstanding. The defensive, central defensive partnership of Van de Ven and Romero. Back, 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 to coin your words, Rick. And ultimately, that that's that's going to be hard. I thought it was quite ironic that we go up to Old Trafford and we we concede two goals. That's the first time we conceded two goals in the first half of a football match. Whilst having our back five, if you like, the goalkeeper included, back together, we conceded two goals in the first half for the first time since probably the City game, which I thought was quite ironic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we win two 0 mate, and I think I, and I think it's all roads lead to that. Uh, look, I, I will summarize by saying this. I think the, the, the feel-good factor around this football club, the, the you know, 12th person that Sim talked about, the crowd, everything around a football club right now, getting business done early, which I know you're clucking to get onto in terms of transfers, Rick. I think it, it's just all building towards something special. And Ange is, Ang is at the heart of it all. And I, I just think that we need the win. We need yep. to beat them. And we need yep. to go through cup, And I think we'll do it. We took
2: it all. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee
3: technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people. Enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry?
0: Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear.
5: So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social
2: casino-style games
5: for free.
1: Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com.
2: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void rope prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
0: Hi there, this is Russ Williams from The Last Word on Spurs. A few years ago, I researched and wrote a book about the huge physical and mental benefits of one simple form of exercise. It's called How to Walk Yourself Healthy and Happy, and it's helped thousands of people all over the world. Now, I've created an audio course which helps people maybe like you prevent five serious life-threatening conditions and protect themselves for the future. For example, this form of exercise is the closest thing to a silver bullet for conditions like high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels. If you're over 40 this is the information you need and the simple plan to protect yourself and get results. Risk-free visit walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com forward slash audio hyphen course or click the website link in my profile on X.
2: Hi everyone, Crackers here with your 2024 Legends event update. Thursday the 7th of March at Tillswood Golf Club in Surrey. Echo61.co.uk have England legend Stuart Pearce. Friday the 8th and Saturday the 9th of March, Sandro is appearing in Limavady and Dublin respectively. That's Emerald Spurs events across the socials for tickets. Worcester Spurs at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. They have Harry Redknapp on Thursday the 14th of March. Friday the 15th of March at Dartford FC. South East Thames Spurs have Paul Stewart and Paul Walsh. H2O Legend Events.co.uk for tickets there. Monday the 18th of March, Sporting Experiences.co.uk have Glenn Hoddle at the Wylots Theatre, Potter's Bar, Hertfordshire. And finally, Friday the 22nd of March, Close Encounter.Events, have Harry Redknapp at the Penridge Suites, Arnest Grove, North London. So there's your update at Mr Cracknell across the socials for further info.
1: Cheers! Boys, Leah's led me into a nice little segue there. The transfer window, we're in... And amongst it, we are on day... 18. <laughs> we're not throwing our toys out the pram. Some are, some, some are less than so. I mean, at this point in the window, we're just willing to sign anybody, aren't we? We're already just saying, just give us anyone, give us anyone, sign anyone, sell anyone. Um, it is a get little... John Mackin Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you got to find him first, Ben. These days, He's still with that trivia puzzle I told you about at Christmas time, and he only pops up for that. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's a, it's a really weird spot to be in because when you consider Spurs' previous. January business over the last three, four years, of course. Pedro Porro signed on deadline day. Kuliseski-Benzenkruz, of course, signed on deadline day. You know, whatever we say, and I mean, look, I know of you guys. Um, Enoch have taken a huge amount of criticism, uh, rightly so at times, for their, you'd say, mismanagement when it comes to managers or not backing certain managers in terms of the window. I don't think we can say that this time around, to be honest with you. I think, you know, whatever we say, it appears that andrew has got his number one and number two target through the door obviously in time for that Manchester United game. And it feels at the moment that the man is being given what he wants. And I have said in the last few shows, and I will reiterate the point that it's all very well done for one window. What we want to see is that it's done consistently across not just this window, the summer, and then the January after that, and the summer after that. And that is when you start, I believe, to actually be recognised as a big club that is backing the manager, giving him what he wants. I'm, not, I'm sure we're all in a great space at the moment. I think, look, if we're going to be brutally honest about it, coming over to you, Ben, Look, I think the mood could have changed massively had Radol Dragashin accepted by Munich over Spurs. I think that mm. would have massively changed the mood because, again, it would have meant Spurs would have been maybe maybe not back to square one, but we'd have to look at an alternative defensive target. I mean, first question I'll ask you, if the window shut tomorrow, what would you rate it out of 10?
5: Oof. I think get, getting Eric Dyer out is a big thing um, as well. Um, as much as I commend his service, nine and a half years to Tottenham Hotspur, um, he's outstayed his welcome. So, as much as I thank him for his service, I think it was the right time. Well, the probably right time a couple of years back, probably to get him out the door. To be fair, but it's good that he's gone. I can't believe uh, he's got he's got a move to Bayern Munich off the back of it. To be honest, yeah, but um, incredible stuff. But I think the in terms of the incomings. I think they're brilliant. Uh, we I don't think I remember seeing such strength in depth in centre-back for so long at Tottenham Hotspur. You know, you're looking at Van de Ven, Romero with Dragosin as well. So three top centre-backs at the club now. Um, to bring in Timo Werner, I was actually a really big fan of the Timo Werner signing. I think he can bring a lot to the team. I think he fits the system. I don't think he's played in a system that's fits him, fitted him since uh, playing under um, Florian Nagelsmann, um, you know, right at the, at the Leipzig just before he joined Chelsea. So I'm really happy with the business. And it's not just that, but you're looking at players that have come back from loan and straight away they've gone out. You know, it's no messing around, you know. Every single player has been dealt with um, as soon as possible. So I think you're definitely seeing changes in the way that Enoch and Daniel Levy operate. Uh, You're definitely seeing a manager that's being backed. So I don't think anyone can have things to complain about. And I've been one of the heaviest critics of Daniel Levy and Enoch over the last uh, four or five years. And right now, as it stands, I'm not going to obviously say that everything's forgiven for the way we went backwards after Pochettino and everything like that. But things are on the right track and I don't have anything to complain about right now. And I would say the the window as it stands right now, I would say probably I'll give it an eight out of ten.
1: Okay. I mean, look, we can't get away from the fact that it was only one window ago that we sold arguably the greatest, Mm. if not modern player of the football club in Harry Kane. So I think, again, it's really important that you say there, Ben, there's got to be some context behind it. I mean, Sim coming around to you, look, it appears from the outset Spurs identified Werner and they moved on it very, very quickly. Dragasheen, again, it felt like when they realised that Tadebo wasn't going to be an option, he was arguably Andy's choice. And I think, again, what is really impressive, again, behind the scenes is that Andy seems to have had an influential pull, the Posacoglu pull in bringing these players in, the same way it did with Vicario, of course, same way it did with Maddison. Um, what do you feel towards the way the manager, Sim, is really... I wouldn't say the word convincing because that the club, I do believe, is in a position now where it does, to some degree, sell itself. It's an amazing stadium. It's an incredible training ground before people come at me. And it is a club that wants to, obviously, of course, win trophies, play great football, but how much of Andy's influence do you see on this window for you? Is it all down to him? Is it majority down to him? Where do you put your verdict on that?
4: I, would, I wouldn't say in terms of the, the, the who we've got in is, is, is massively down to him. I would say the timing of the transfers is massively down to him. I, it's clear that he's put pressure on the hierarchy to make sure these deals are, are, are done early, to make sure these players are in so they can bed into the team as quickly as possible and not waste time. He I remember he was saying very clearly a few weeks ago um, in a press conference, he said when he was talking about, you know, do you want, I think he was asked, do you want January signings in early? He said, look, we have a whole month in January. There's no, why waste the month? Why wait till the end of the window and you know on deadline they bring in a player and then these players are not ready to kind of get going until the end of february they're not acclimatized and settled in and in and, and and used to the way we're playing until the end of february and all of a sudden you get to march and they're now just starting to get going and there's not long left of the season you're just wasting time so it's vital you get the players in uh, at the beginning of uh, beginning of january if you can and then you'll just that that time is then spent acclimatizing them then by the end of jan hopefully You know, they're ready. They're ready to make a big impact in the team. I think that's definitely Ange Postokoglu's influence, 100%. And it's very, very clear to me um, as well. Every player that signs for Tottenham, especially Dragoshin and Werner, have made a very big um, statement about their conversations with Postokoglu, how um, they have really enjoyed what he was saying to them, how he convinced them about how they'd fit into the team. Uh, what 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 their role would be in the team? He's very clear with them, and and listening to what Werner was saying, it was very interesting listening to what Werner was saying. Um, not just before he signed, but uh, um, after the United game, saying you know, uh, Ange Postecoglou pitched to me that you know my role in this team is gonna. Be uh, you know helping my teammates, being um, getting more assists, creating space for the others, and yes, part of my role is also to score goals. But my main role is going to be very, very much getting assists and things like that. And now I'm a bit of an older player. I'm a bit more mature, and I understand things better. So it seems as though Ange really understands what kind of players he's getting. I think uh, clearly, um, he it's very clear to the players after these conversations with Ange, what their role in the team is going to be. And that is absolutely vital coming into a new club, especially in mid-season, that these things are crystal clear. And I think Ange is a phenomenal communicator. I think he's shown that um, many, many times. It's very rare you get such detailed kind of explanations from players about knowing their role so quickly. And I think even I think even early on, you can see with Werner in his first game, uh, yes, you know, well, and maybe we'll get into his debut, but um, it wasn't like the best display. But you can already see what he's going to bring in terms of tactically what his role in the team is helping, helping out others, creating space for others, staying very wide and using his pace as a tactical tool. Yeah. I think that's exactly what Andros Possadoglu wants. So. I think Andrews made a massive um, difference uh, when it comes to uh, um, uh, how how quickly these signings have come in. Let's be honest, like Timo Werner on loan, that seems on the face of it like a very Levy signing, doesn't it? But I do think, I do think, like, and I think you can see in the summer as well with Vicario, like he wants players who are, who are really want to play for this football club see it as a great opportunity for their career and they, who really want to be here rather than players who are coming here because we're giving them massive wage packets or they're coming here because they just want to leave their other their former club and they would want to join a bigger club they're not desperate to join Tottenham Hotspur specifically and I think he said as, as well when he talks to players and she said he wants to see that excitement in their eyes he wants yeah. to hear that they really want to come here and I think that that is something that you know previous managers I don't think even took into account I think previous managers would have just like I want this player because uh, certain like other things rather than because of their excitement to play for Tottenham Hotspur and that's what I'm loving about him so I love the way that he's you know approaches his trance window and transfer so far. Sim we
1: know they're looking for a midfielder but if it did shut tomorrow the window would you be happy? I think I'd be happy I know we're looking for a midfielder but I'm looking you've
4: got to remember for the whole season Ben Tenkel's not been available Madison's not been available for three months so we have actually good options in midfield I, and and you have got to put into account kulusevski can now do a role there where at the beginning of the season we that wasn't that wasn't in our thinking that kulusevski would be a midfielder and now you know you can even argue that's the strongest position so if i'm looking at our midfield options you've got bentencourt you've got Pesumi, you've got Sarr, you've got lasolso you've got kulusevski you've got Madison. um that's it. Uh, you've got hoybier you've got skip those are eight options there which I mean, I know Hoybier and Skip, there's a lot of talk about them, but I thought Skip had a decent game at Old Trafford. Hoybier, I think for the majority of the season, he's not been amazing, but he's always done a decent job whenever he's been called upon, uh, by and large. There's been some poor games, but he's also been some good games from him. So I'm not desperate for midfielder. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, if we don't get a midfielder, it's a bad window. I think it's a cherry on top for me kind of thing. Uh, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be happy if the window closed uh, tomorrow. Uh, I think we've done good business and good enough to last us to the end of the season. We've got the options in midfield for me to last us to the end of the season, and then we can concentrate in the summer about really reshaping it. But there's no reason to rush into any signings or any sales in January because I think we've got good options there.
3: You know what? I Lee, he... just that, sorry, <laughs> because, sorry. I was just going to say on, on that as well. I think that I'd rather wait for that midfielder. To get the right one in, the, the perfect one that Ange look, we all know, or we've been told quite heavily, and it's been it's quite open that Ange wants Conor Gallagher, or that that mm-hmm. seems to be the case. And actually, if we can't get Conor Gallagher over the line in January, which I think is impossible, by the way, but hopefully I'm wrong, um, then let's wait for him. But I, I think that a- a- Ange probably sees um, Conor Gallagher as a perfect foil. Sar, you know, to have that both of them being number eight, really high press, be able to drive with the ball. You know, they're, they're very that similar player. And actually, when you hear Sim just list off the options we've already got in midfield, it's actually quite quite encouraging. Well more than encouraging, it's actually it's actually quite exciting. You know, even with Hoybier and Skip. I mean, I've got a bit of a man crush on Hoybier, I keep saying that. I, I don't think it's a case of Hoybier's not very good, I just think it's a case of Hoybier bring something different to the end system so when you when you bring hoybier in you don't get a like for like but like exactly. you've got a Basuma and a bench and can play a six and almost be a like for like you've got the versatility of benching cover can play a six and eight and a ten let's be let's be frank about it so if you need them options you can move him around so you don't have to have an absolute player in every single position because actually Kulusevski's already proved now that he can play the Madison role. So actually, if you needed to, a, um, Brennan Johnson could be the Kulusevski on the on the wide right. So you've got them options already in team. Does that make sense? So actually, while well, you know we're we'll scratching our head thinking, oh, who can the front, who can the midfield three be? Everybody fit. Everybody raring to go. You, maybe you would pick Madison, Benton, Kurnasuma. I mean, that is just mouth watering. You're isn't leaving it? out Carr like he's mad. You know? You're leaving out Sars. How does Sars get in the team? Mm -hmm. And that's even without Conor Gallagher. So, so they maybe go, no, actually, no. You play Benjamin as a six, Sars, and Madison, and then you go, hang on a minute, Basuma. He was actually running the show first. That's that's what it's all about. Spot on. That's
5: what it's all about, Lee. You yeah. ask you ask 100 different Spurs, let, let's say you ask 10, 15 different Spurs fans, what's your favourite, what's your strongest Spurs three in midfield? I reckon yeah. everyone will tell you something different, you
1: know. Totally agree. Lisevsky
5: right. in the middle um, yeah. has been unbelievable this season. No one talks about him when talking about the yeah. midfield options. You've got yeah. Madison who's not been, you know, all the players that you've spoken about. So we've got Thank so many God. good options in midfield. So the desperation for a midfielder is not there, in my opinion. And I think I I'd think... even go as far to say that, we, in terms of looking at all the options available, I think we've got the best midfield options in the Premier League.
3: Yeah. I mean, Ben, just on the back of that, you know, there'd be loads of comments. Put them in the comments. We all, we'd love to read them. We'd love to read them out as well. We've got Rain Man there saying Benter, Sartre, Madders. But, you know, even with the Kulisevsky thing that you just brought in, Ben, you could have Benton Kursa six, Madison and I mean, that
5: is... Against lower blocks, that would be crazy.
3: Yeah, and has been great great recently. You know what I mean? I mean, wow. I mean, there there is definitely some options there. I think the problem is at the moment, though, Rick, obviously, boys, viewers and listeners, is that everyone's not in the country. People are away with uh, with their... on international duty or, you know, being injured and stuff like that as well. And, you know, you are going to go through periods Probably not as high as we've had in terms of injuries and suspensions and that sort of stuff, but you are going to go through, through periods throughout the season. So I think I think it will be a bonus from a transfer window perspective if we got in another central midfielder. And I think Hoybier wants to move on because, you know, it's yeah. the Euros, is very important to Denmark. And I think he's probably the biggest one that will get a move. I can actually see if we was to land Conor Gallagher. This is just me. There's no in the know here at all, lads. If we was to if we was to land Conor Gallagher, I could see Hoibier going and getting a really good move somewhere. Maybe back to an Atletico Madrid, who's heavily linked with in the summer, or, or yeah. um, you know, right. even a back 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 to Bayern. Bayern mm. seem to be uh, seem to be doing us a favour at the moment with uh, with yeah. Eric Dyer. Maybe they could take Vovier back, back to Bayern. He played there before. But I can also see Skip going on loan to like a Crystal Palace or or somebody yeah. like a Fulham or somebody like I could, I could see that. And then yeah. actually, you're left with this season: Conor Gallagher, Saar, Madison, Basuma, Kerr. and I'm probably leaving somebody out that I can't remember. But you, you know, and then Kudusessi coming into that midfield if need be. It's a lot of options there, isn't it, guys? I yeah, i think it's got too pushed. much
5: movement for one window, though to be honest, mm. in the midfield yeah. options. I, I feel like we are going to go with what we've got right now. I don't think hoybier is going to leave between now and the end of the window. I don't think Skip will, and I don't think La so will, but I do think all three of them could potentially move on in the summer, and then we look to midfield reinforcements in the summer. But I think the way we're going right now, with the midfield options we have, we're, we're, we've got a good thing going on. So I don't think there's any need for so much upheaval in the January trance window.
1: Yeah, listen, Sim, I'm going to come over to you the final question of this panel debate. Now... I want to know from you, in your opinion, Sim, what does constitute a successful season for Spurs? We've been asking this question to a whole host of the top-tier journalists that have come on this month for us. For you, Sim, putting you on the spot, what to you is deemed successful in Angie's first season in charge at Spurs, given the fact of the first 10 games, the start we had, given the fact that the next 10 games what that man has gone for in terms of injury and suspension, and given the fact where we are right now, five points off the top, players away,
4: What's your thoughts on it, Sim? Yeah, if, look. If you asked me this, obviously at the beginning of the season, I would, would have given you a different answer. I think we all would have said, like, at the beginning of the season, if we finished like a top six position. Um, show improvement, show some good football. I think we would have been happy. But I think it's fair to say, well, as the season goes on, you know, when once you get more context, how it's, how it's...
5: you're on mute, Sim.
4: Lost him. We'll try and bring Sim back. Yeah, Come yeah. On, man. Um... Yeah, so I think your expectations change during the season because, you know, you get more context, you see how you're playing, you you see um the, where you are on the table. And 21 games into the season, we're three points off third, we're still in the FA Cup, uh, we're playing some great football, really consistent performances as well. It's not like we've been very lucky. Yes, we've got some lucky wins, but by and large, our, for the whole season pretty much, our performances have been relatively consistent in terms of level of how we're playing. So I think at this point, I would say if we didn't get Champions League football, considering where we are compared to our rivals, that would be a disappointment. I think if uh, obviously uh, I think top I think top three would be exceptional. Top three would a uh, top four would be really good. That would be a successful season. If we finished fifth and then that then fifth became a CL spot and, and uh, England finished in the top two of the coefficients, that would be that would be pretty good. I think at this point, being in Europa League next season, considering how we played the, uh, this season so far, would be disappointing. I think we can all agree on that. I think I'd, Europa League. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be sitting here saying Ange out or anything stupid like that. Mm. But yes. it would be a bit of a disappointment. So I think getting back in the Champions League would be a very good season for us this season, considering Xander's first season. And obviously, if we win an FA Cup, that'd be amazing. But I don't think. It's, I don't think having a successful season is contingent on us winning the FA Cup if you know what I mean. Okay. If, yeah. if we won, if we got Champions League football, that's a successful season. FA Cup would be incredible. That would be like, if we have got top four, and won the FA Cup, that's our best ever Premier League season. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, I, obviously I wouldn't be able to complain about that. So I'd say, yeah, top four, top five at a minimum if, if, if it makes Champions
1: League would be okay. successful. Okay. Macken has come around to you. Similar question to you. Look, I mean, given the fact of the way we started the season and even where we are now, you know, there's many saying that Spurs are in a position where no one really is actually running away with the league and there's no real standout team. You know, listen to, again, I mentioned that point, Gary and everyone, the overlap, you know, he's saying spurs, the football they're playing, the way they're playing, what they've had to navigate through in terms of injuries and suspensions. Anything is possible. I mean, I think, again, Lee, when we think about those shows in the early days when Potocotti was first appointed, there was the unknown about it. There was, of course, hope. There was optimism. There was genuine belief about what this guy can do. From where you was then to where you are now, how much in your mind has changed about what Spurs can achieve this season, Maka?
3: Well, I think when you, when you look at the the league positioning this time last season, there was a sixteen point gap from the top of the league to uh, to top uh, to the sixth place team, or an eleven point clap to the top five. And actually, this season there's only a five point gap to the top five for, from the from the teams top of the league. To be fair to Ben, did point out that actually if Liverpool win their game and end, they go eight points clear. So. It's it's a little bit different, we, we all know that Arsenal were clear. Just by the way, just for that lot down the road, they were eleven points clear of us this time last season. Eleven points clear. They're now on the level, same points. We, we, we when we've got a better forward line than them as well. And actually, if we didn't have all them injuries, for, for for me, a successful season is finishing above Arsenal. I think I think if we if Andrew can finish above this generational Arsenal team. I think it would be, you know, I think it would be uh, an amazing achievement, but I mean, I think look, all jokes aside, I want to finish above Arsenal 100%, but I think um, I think we can finish third, and to be fair, run run the tapes back, man, old school, run the tapes back, I've said it from day one, I think we can finish third, and I haven't changed my mind, you know, when we went first 10, game, uh, 10 games unbeaten, still haven't changed my mind, run the tapes back, finish third, but That's not a successful season for me under what Ange has had to go through. A successful season would be winning the FA Cup and finishing in the top six. I'll be honest with you. I I agree with what Sim saying about it would be disappointing not to get Champions League football. But I'm a little bit old school. I'm all right with the Europa League. In in this evolution of this team, the way that we're building, I'm all right with the Europa League if we win the FA Cup. You see where I'm coming from. Like, if we finished sixth, got you Europa League, and then like fell at the semi-finals, I don't think that's successful. I'd want Champions League football. But I think if you was to offer me cup versus top four, I would take cup. Um, but I think you know, ultimately, I agree with Sim. Ultimately, top four and a cup would be a joke. I mean, that's an absolute joke season. What's well, the in, best in season about as
1: Sim has said it up Premier League era.
3: It'd be incredible. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the reality is, lads, viewers, and listeners,
1: that
5: can happen.
3: That can yep. happen. Um we, So Lee, if we finished,
5: if we finished, let's say seventh and won the FA Cup, what would you say to that? Would you say that's a successful season?
3: I think for me, Ben, it has to be Europa League. I think I think seventh gives us that that uh, trophy that West Ham won. Was it a trophy or uh, I can't conference remember if it was a trophy or a, it was a cup or something? <laughs> I of think Europa League. I think it's, you
4: do get Europa for winning the
3: yeah. FA cup. I
1: think, I the think League you, you would do.
3: Oh, for yeah. you get you yeah. won the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. look. It's a good question because actually now I'm thinking actually seventh seems quite far down the track. From where from where from we've, been, the, right. yeah. like 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 we've been, isn't it? Around us, when you think about where we've been, so you win the FA Cup. It,
5: really. FA Cup, we haven't won since ninety one. You know, yeah, everyone's exactly. been dying 30, for a trophy for years. Yeah.
3: 30, 30 years. I think there's no. I think there's no. There's no better going to Wembley and oh. seeing your. Team. I've never been to Wembley alive and seen my team win the FA Cup. I've never done right. that in my lifetime. I'm an, I'm, I'm an old git now. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we need to change that. We need to get that over the line. I think the way we set up, I think the way we are, I think we're a cup, we could be a really good cup team in that way. Always mm-hmm. giving it a go, fighting to the end, you know, yeah. never say die, not That's sitting right. back. So I think that, that fits that that kind of, that that mould. And look, let's be honest about it. Well, it's five games. Win five games, win the FA Cup. That's it, yeah. it's five games. You know, so it's quite simple. So look, to summarize, I think um, I would be happy with a top six finish and the Cup, I'll be delighted with top five and the Cup, um, because I think top five might get us in the Champions League. Uh, and I think, you know, if, if it if it didn't and we had to get top four for the Champions League, it would be one or the other for me. Cup okay. or four. If you get both, wow. I mean, what yeah. a season.
1: Ben, let's it with you, my man. Again, it's a really interesting question because for some, there's, of course, the... I want to say expectation, but I think now we've been in and around the position really all season around the top four, and I know we've been out of it for a while when Villa obviously got in there. I think there feels a, a, a wide acceptance that maybe Villa might fall aside once, of course, that Europa League comes back into focus. Emery always takes Europe ever so seriously. You tell me, Ben, for you, what do you feel would constitute success given where we've been in and around this season in terms of the league for you?
5: I think winning the FA Cup, would constitute a success no matter what happens in the league, to be honest, because winning a trophy...
1: Just quickly, Ben, if Spurs finished 10th and won the FA Cup, would that be successful?
5: It would be successful in a sense that we're winning a trophy, and that, in, in itself, is a success, right? Okay. Winning the FA Cup, but it wouldn't make me disappointed with the league form and and where we finished in the league. I'll be, I would be very disappointed with where we are right now to to the end of the season, finishing tenth. But I think anything outside the top four now would be a disappointment in the league. Uh, it's mm. it's a bit of a conflicting one. It's hard one to explain because I think winning the FA Cup under any circumstances is going to be a successful season to make it a really good season finishing top four and winning the FA cup. But even if we finish in the top four and don't win the FA cup, I'll still be happy with that. So there are a few different variables, which I'd be happy with, to be honest. But if we did win the FA cup and finish outside the top four, it will be a bit disappointing seeing as how we have done the first half of the season. But I would still take it in the end of the day because I think that we're building really well under Ange Postacoglu. Next season is going to be a tremendous season with the, uh, another summer window behind us. And to have a trophy in his first season,
3: I think, would be
1: something special. I do agree.
3: Rick, guys, you, come on. Oh. We ain't going about. get your in on it. I know what you you're know what? You, you,
1: know, you, you, guys, you know, You know what, you guys, you know you what the FA Cup means I'm to me. You know what? what? <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'd finish 17th in the FA Cup, but I, I do feel that the FA Cup would be a remarkable achievement, given as uh, Simpson said earlier. You know, winning the FA Cup would be Spurs' best season domestically in the Premier League era. You can't get away from that. And again, when you look at the lack of success Spurs has had, could you imagine Androx up in his first season and wins a trophy? Could you That'd just imagine? Huge. It would just That'd be huge. absolutely huge. And that's. And not being. I'm not saying that anyone would want him out at any point if we carry on playing the way we're playing, but the staying power that gives him. I mean, look, Arteta has been riding off the FA Cup at Arsenal for years, for years at Arsenal because he won that FA Cup in his first season. I'm not saying we'll ever turn you know, deliberately on Ange, but I think what that FA Cup does do is that gives you a belief that, you know, stake in the ground, we can really achieve something here. And also the players for me, I think it's the one thing we missed under the Pochettino reign, winners, winning, being winners. We really, really, I think, miss that. So my hope is that I hope the trophy comes soon rather than later. But as the boys eloquently put it, you know, finishing around the top four would be great. Look, I'm a bit old school. I know for the kids now to go to school, if you're not in the Champions League, you're in a relevant football club. And I feel, again, the FA Cup has lost its value over the course of the last 20 years, predominantly by the times it's put on. I mean, again, I know many are looking forward to it being a Friday night, but there's many that would have want to take in the kids, obviously, to that game, if it was a one o'clock or a three o'clock or a four o'clock on a Sunday. But what it won't do, as the boys have said, it won't diminish what that feeling will be inside that stadium it is gonna be absolutely rocking and i think you know being under the lights it's gonna be really really special when Wait, just quickly
3: because yeah. i know when you, you wanna wrap up right sorry sorry lads ben and sim for, for keeping you a bit longer but i just i just wanna i just wanna um uh, look at that league positioning piece. I think I think to finish behind Liverpool, Man City, and let's be honest, Arsenal's a, a hard one to take. But they their evolution is a bit further on than us. Yeah. If we yep. finish behind them three teams and still manage to finish above at the beginning of the season, you, you know your Chelsea's and your Man United's, that would also a good, uh, constitute a good constitute uh, a good league finish. So that gives us top four. I think the one that I would not be able to stomach is Villa finishing above us. <laughs> Because I just no, no, I, I do agree. Thinking, I love what they're doing, but yeah. they they shouldn't be fit. No one's got no. the right mind. and People come out with history and European mm. Cup winners and all that stuff. Mm. I get that, but actually, in the evolution of where we are, they should yeah. not be finished above us in the um, league. Mm. That that would be that would yeah. annoy me. Do you know what Can I, I mean? say,
1: Macca, on that, Village, that, I that point, Villa? I'll just quickly say, yeah. on that point, Villa. So you come back in there. My point is that we we yeah. outplayed Villa. We're about five players out. Yeah, I mean, that was the crazy thing. We we outplayed no. Villa. We've argued their best 11. We had five players out. I mean, could you imagine what it would have been like had we had those five players in, Macca? Sorry, you carry on.
3: No, no. That, that's. I mean, I, I pretty much made my point. I think, I don't know, I'd just yeah. like to open it up to all of you to think mm. like, you know, if you look at the table at the end of it and you're fifth yeah. and in front of you you've got Chelsea or United or Arsenal, City, Liverpool, you think, all oh, right, that's kind of... Look, our average finishing position since the league started 30 odd years mm. ago, 34 yeah. years ago, is fifth. So you kind yep. of go, do you know what? Well done, Andrew. We've gone from eighth to fifth and we are where we are. But if you've got like one of the new ones in there, like a Villa mm. or a Brighton mm. or a Newcastle, yeah. that annoyed be last year, Newcastle finishing fourth. Like they shouldn't be finishing above us. Do you know what I mean? They, they're infiltrating mm. our territory too early, boys. Assist,
4: I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I like if 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 Villa finished above us, all of a sudden, you know, you can see them as like a new threat. But I, I do wonder if they did finish in the top four, whether they would be a bit like Newcastle next season with Champions League football. Yeah, would there be a massive drop off, or would they be able yeah. to sustain it? Because I'm looking at Villa right now, and they're doing brilliantly. But they have a very specific way of playing in terms of very aggressive high line, but then they don't really play with like these if you look if you look at them when they try to break teams down, they very much rely on like crossings, they rely mm. on physicality, they yep. rely on getting the ball to Watkins to be a focal point. We're very different. We're, yeah. we're yeah. You can see our patterns of play, our passing and moving. Uh, we break teams down a lot easier. We create more chances in Villa. Villa are very good when they're playing against teams like who are good teams like City and Arsenal who leave them space. But once they come up against teams who don't leave them that space, they do struggle.
1: And I think they are going to have a drop-off in that second half of the season. And just to add on that point, as Sim says there, Villa's strength in depth, I don't think is that great. You know, I think they've got a really good first 11, but outside of the first 11, I don't think they've got as many options as what Spurs could have if we keep everybody fit, which Mm. sounds really weird to say as a Spurs fan because for years we've been talking about the lack of depth, but there is genuine depth in our squad now that hasn't been there for a long, long time. Of course, look, we all want improvements. We want more. Guys, it's been fabulous. We could talk to you for hours upon hours upon hours. But um, I think... I could be risking a divorce I mean Ben has only just begun life as a, as a dad so that's going to be an interesting experience how he navigates spurs and babies it does work Ben just um, have a really patient willing wife that's what I've learned <laughs> mine, mine, mine is amazing sometimes um, <laughs> <laughs> Maka, I'm sure you agree, mate. Been great getting these boys on. Hopefully, we'll do more of it. Hopefully, fingers crossed in 2024, well, I mean, right? It's been, it's been a,
3: it's been an honour for me. I, I mean, I watch We Are Tottenham TV. I watch all of your content. You know where to find these boys. We Are Tottenham TV uh, for all of the latest news and views on Tottenham Hotspur. Don't forget that you can come to. Last one on Spurs, you know where to find us. We're everywhere as well. There will be a collab, a clash of the Titans <laughs> yet again, maybe in the evening. So all of you lot that are currently at work and figure, oh, I can't watch this live. You can start to watch the next one live when we all oh, come man. together. again. But Ben Sim, thanks so much. Really appreciate it, lads. It's been brilliant.
1: Boys, I mean, <laughs> least done least your selling piece there. I mean, I don't know why I'm doing this now. Lee's sold you already. Where, where can everybody find you, boys? I don't know where to find you already, guys.
5: Lee, let him know. No, I'm joking. Yeah. No,
1: yeah. www.weartottenhamtv.com.
5: No, that's it. On YouTube, all, all social media platforms as well. It's been a pleasure um, sharing the screen with you guys today. Thank you so much for having us on. And hopefully um, we'll be doing this a lot more often.
1: That'll oh, be amazing. Sim, thank you, yeah. mate. Really appreciate it. We'll just let Lee get back to sorting out Ben's background there. If you don't mind how involved he's in the podcast these days with you guys. <laughs> and all of We Are Tottenham TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love
4: it. Absolutely love it. Appreciate you guys. It's been a
1: pleasure. Likewise, guys, we look forward to doing it again soon. Look, from the wonderful Ben and sim over at We are Tottenham Fan TV, from the wonderful Lee McQueen, we have been the last one on Spurs. It's the club you've been waiting for. Hopefully more of it to come. Guys, keep safe, keep well. We'll be back before you know it. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on,
0: you
5: Spurs.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty.